Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the sexiest show on earth, The Coffin Joe Cast, featuring your hosts, Killer Wilbur and Joel. Sit back, relax, and don't touch the co-host. Thank Bye. Yeah. Good day. Oh shit. <laughs> That's what happens when you oh, use other people's computers. Anyway, let's start that again. Good day. This is the Coffin Joe cast. Without its dramas, that wouldn't be a normal show, would it? Um, no. <laughs> I'm Killer Wilbur. <laughs> I'm Joel. And our, our third co-host for this week is the man. Easy Rock from Tales from the Hard Side. G'day, Easy. Yep. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Lots fucking up at the moment. <laughs> I, I literally know. mean fucking up. Uh, oh well, one of these days we're going to start a show without any issues. <laughs> Everything's going to work nice and smooth. But yeah, guess it. Welcome to episode one hundred and thirty-eight. Yes, Ooh. and we finally got it right. One hundred thirty-eight. So is that the number you reckon we're going to have it right? Yeah. No, I don't know. Doesn't it take like a hundred episodes before you start really getting it somewhat right? Yeah, but the thing is, I've done podcasting before. Joel's done it before. It's not like it's new to us, but it seems you start a new podcast and it's dramas galore between computers and fucking internet and outside issues in life. Uh, anyway, this week's show is going to be sort of a, a simulcast show, isn't it, Izzy? Have you got plans? That's right. Mm. Yeah, we uh, before we started recording, we weren't sure if Killer was going to be able to uh, to be on the podcast. And then I offered, I, I told Joe, why don't I start recording? Uh, why don't I set my recording stuff up and I'll, I'll get him on Tales because I hadn't had anybody on. And I release mine every Tuesday, uh, Tales from the Hard Side on iTunes and Stitcher, uh, Mediocre Radio Network, and InspiredDisorderCollective.com. And we, um, and I hadn't recorded with anybody. I was, I was going to record one Monday, but I like to stack up a couple, um, at a time just cause I got a lot of stuff going on and, um, I don't really, mine aren't really time sensitive most of the time anyway. And so getting to talk to, uh, guys like yourself, would be pretty cool to put out on Tells From My Heart Side. So this is a first for me to ever like simulcast, uh, with another podcast to do this, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, you guys go, you guys go rate, review, and subscribe to their podcast. Please right? do. Did, did you just say to to rape our podcast? Well, rape your podcast. That's that's exactly what I said. Go rape, review, review, and subscribe to their podcast. Wow, that's very violent. Do the review after your rapist. Uh, I feel dirty. <laughs> I have to say something though. And this is this is just coming from a weird place, but just talking to you tonight, Itzy, I have to say you sound very similar to John C. Riley. Have you ever heard that before? 
I have heard that before. I've heard that by uh, quite a few people. And when I first heard it, I thought to myself, do I sound, do I really sound like Wreck-It Ralph? Do I really sound like Wreck-It Ralph? And then at some point you just accept it and, okay, sure. I'll, I, I'm okay with that. So he shakes it's a bit John C. Riley, I think of many other characters before Wreck-It Ralph, but you know, he's from Chicago, so I should sound like more like than you, but I don't know. Yeah, dude, I, I definitely have a East Eat or a Midwest, like um, every I've heard Pittsburgh, I've heard you know um, Ohio, obviously coming from uh, Dayton, Ohio, and I've heard I've heard Chicago or parts of Chicago. So I think it's a Midwest thing. So where are you located, Izzy? I should know this because I'm friends with you on Facebook and that, but I just can't remember where is your hometown. I, I am uh, I, I am in Dayton, Ohio, um, and I don't if you're not. Sure, geographically where Ohio is, it's right near um, Lake Michigan, and uh, it's it's next to Indiana and, and Pennsylvania and Kentucky, West Virginia, and uh, it's a um, it's a nice little state to live in. Uh, it gets pretty cold during the winter, pretty hot during the summers, but spring and fall are awesome, and it's um it's one of our most valued political states in the in the nation. And um, it's a it's a pretty nice spot to live. See, we're we're next to Lake Michigan here, also Michigan and uh, Michigan, yeah. And I just found out today, via the fine folks at Facebook, that um, apparently I live in the third most violent city in the U.S. Ooh. <laughs> Congratulations! I know, right? <laughs> I could be murdered in my sleep, but I'd be sleeping, so I wouldn't know. That's right. No way. I'll make you coffin for you, Joel. <laughs> nice. That that see that would be good, because then it would be a very sexy coffin, and when it opens, it wouldn't be like yeah, it'd be like be like a didgeridoo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, well, we'll go to the usual question with Izzy. How'd you get into podcasting? We always ask our guests. Seeing most of our guests are podcasters. What what drove you to become a podcaster? How, how I got into podcasting was um, way back in the day, I started listening to podcasts. I started caring about them on Lipson, and I was actually a youth leader at a local church. And there was uh, a Christian rapper at the time uh, named KJ52 that I enjoyed, and he put out podcasts where he would be on the road and uh, just put podcasts out like that. And then once I kind of left my faith and started uh, exploring different podcasts on iTunes. I, the first one I ever downloaded was The Mediocre Show. And um, I, I've been listening ever since and influenced them from them for years. And um, I, I've subscribed to many. I'm a fan of many. And uh, around 2012, I came across this group of people called the Inspired Disorder Collective, um, a couple of podcasters. One was doing it on her Android phone in her car, and the other one was doing it at work, uh, also on his phone. And I thought to my and the guy, this guy Ray Taylor, offered to do podcasts to put podcasts out as a collective on on one feed, and uh, and we could also have our own podcast on other feeds. And so I'm I'm all about team teaming up and becoming a collective. And uh, started putting out a podcast in 2012, and uh, I've been doing it ever since. Did Tell Some Hard Side then. Uh, started on the block with my uh, radio DJ friend, 
first dude I ever met on the internet. Met him on, on MySpace. Uh, yeah, he, wow. <laughs> and he lives a block away. And uh, he, he, uh, Scott Epic, and we do On the Block uh, twice a month. And then I just recently started producing some podcasts for the Gem City podcast, where I produce local music. I'll interview a band, and then I'll play three songs and edit all that together in a 45-minute chunk of uh, audio uh, ecstasy. <laughs> and so I've been doing that lately, and I've been having fun, man. I've been uh, along the way. I've met a lot of cool people, a lot of cool communities, including yourselves. Yep. Um, yeah, Mediaca Show. I think that's how I got to know you. Yeah. I mean, oh, and by the way, how did you guys get into podcasting? Since we're um, we're also recording for Tells from the Hard Side. Okay. Well, go for it, Joel. Uh, well, we talked about this last, well, last two yeah. weeks, but yeah, for people who don't know on your side, um, I got into it because I was a guest on the awful show because I did a comic strip that I was doing for the mic on his, uh, fake news website. And then that turned into a regular spot called the momentary lapse of Joel, which then turned into a guest or to a, I'm sorry, to a hosting spot as the fourth on the awful show all the way through the end of its run. Um, and then we midway through, we started doing our own individual shows that were an hour long a piece called snacks. So I started doing my own show, which is a independent music showcase. And then when those shows ended, I started over taking over, um, the fourth spot on the undercover unitards restarted my show as the sunshine happy pants hour. Then when the unitards ended, um, I was started and I said, I already started another show called 40 going on 14. That's a nostalgia cast is what i call it um and then uh kill and i started here so it's been a eight years now almost a decade of podcasting damn you were one of the beginners uh it was a mediocre show and and the awful show kind of well mediocre show really kind of was ahead of us but i mean we were right there with them neck and neck and you know we're simultaneously kind of learning the ropes as everybody else kind of got into it and then all of a sudden the celebrities caught wind of this whole podcasting as I air quote that mm -hmm. as we're interviewing them and then they started doing their own shows and now there's just a glut of podcasts and everybody does one I mean my dog has one I don't <laughs> talk about it much because it's kind of boring but just, yeah, everybody's got one <laughs> no she just sits there and, and pants it's really kind of <laughs> weird I think somebody's into it somewhere but I don't know that's cool man what 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 about you, Killer? Well, I've always been interested in radio, like long before radio was dying. I would have liked to do it, but I chose another path in life. But um, I started out with a bloke who used to work on radio. He used to do mid-dawns on a um, radio station here in Australia called Triple J. It's, a, it's, um, it's from what they call the ABC, Australian Broadcasting Corporation, but it's a youth station. So I met this bloke while playing poker and always had plans to do it so I thought I'd get someone aboard to join me and um, teach me the ropes basically in recording so at that point I think I was listening to the awful show so it just inspired me to like yeah let's do this and it was called the killer cast um, we did it with this little pissy blue mic that just was just plugged straight in the computer we'd sit there and put it in front of us and uh, just record our stuff and then that hit its point where I was no longer wanting to do it for many reasons, listen to Coffin Joe cast in the past and you'll know. Um, then 
got to the point where I'm like, I want to get the proper equipment for this stuff. So I bought myself a mixer and tried to restart the killer cast. Did some sort of a version of that. And then it turned into a show called The Late Night Morning Show with Brian. And yeah, but I've always wanted to do it. But every time I do one, it seems to end in uh, disaster. Just like how this <laughs> show started today. But yeah, um, being a big fan of it, like terrestrial radio sucks. It's simple. I got sick of listening to the radio and them playing their crap music and shit. So I started, I stumbled across, you know, podcasting to listen to. And I think the first one was uh, Twit from Leo Port. And then yeah. uh, Penn, Gillette. I think they were the first ones I started listening to. And then I stumbled across this show, had these two smiley faces on their little um, logo. I'm like, I'll give these guys a go. And Who were those guys? A bunch of jackasses. But that's basically, listen by listening to that show, it's how I have so many friends, friends on the internet, not friends that I've met yet. But yeah, this is how I know Joel. This is how I know most of you guys. I mean, I went from Awful Show to Mediocre Show listening to that. And uh, a lot of other shows, like your show, Izzy, um, Court and Fat Boy. I listen to them, you know. Yeah, man. So yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of quality shows out there. There's a lot of people putting free content out, and um, you know everybody finds their finds their audience or they don't. But I, I think, like you mentioned, like a lot of celebrities out there doing podcasts, Joel. I think I think the big thing when when soccer moms start knowing what podcasts are, I think that's when the game is really going to change. And um, you're going to, like, when everyday people know what a podcast is, because most people don't know what a podcast is, I think that's when things are really going to change. A lot more people are, because I remember when I first started doing it, I said, oh, I do a podcast. And they go, what's that? And you have, the best way to explain it is internet radio. Well, how do I find it? It's online. You can listen anytime you want, you know. But these days, I mention I do a podcast. I go, you know what that is? Yeah, yeah. So a lot more people are knowing about podcasts. Oh, yeah, I've got one. <laughs> yeah, that's what most. That's what a lot of people will say. Um, yeah. No, well, I, had, I had a friend of mine that he he's like, I really, I didn't, I didn't want to listen to podcasts. And I'm like, why? I said, there's a lot of good stuff out there. And he's like, well, I was looking for gaming podcasts, and I would put them on, and it'd be like four guys with a mic in the center of a table, and they'd be playing a, a game. And as they're gaming, they're recording it, and then they're putting it out there as a show. And he's like, it's four hours of them just doing the game. And I'm like, well, you're just not looking around hard enough, because there's lots of good stuff out there. So there really is something for everybody, though. That's the nice thing about podcasting. If you look, you'll find something for your specific taste. And the other thing I like about the podcast is the community. Like, you get in, involved in a show like Mediocre or Awful or or even Tales from Heartside, whatever show, you become a part of a community of those people and you all enjoy that same show and you you find something that you can connect with, even though it's, you're all different people. Like, look at me, I'm sitting here in Sydney, Australia, and I'm talking to two blokes in America. And, you know? and not only are you talking to us in America, but you're in the future. Of course I am. <laughs> it's already autumn here. Well, you call it fall, but yeah. Right. <laughs> but, you know, the community thing is, is something I don't think a lot of people understand right away because I didn't realize what all it was. I don't know that it, at, even in the early stages, people got a, even knew that it was going to be a thing. But it's amazing how when you connect to a certain type of show that it's like-minded people that you're connecting with. And if you have that community, 
you can meet some pretty goddamn amazing people. And I've met some of the nicest people on the planet through podcasting uh, versus the people you just kind of wander into your job or your local whatever. And you're like, ah, that person's all right. I might hang out with them. I've met so many better people through podcasting because of the community. And especially with something like some of the shows that I've been involved with that are pretty uh, (laughs) racy, for lack of a better word. Um, The people that listen are just like the nicest people on the planet. So I don't know. I'm all about community. One of the things that I I notice about different podcast communities, and and I've said this before on uh, other podcasts, is that uh, a lot of us are growing growing up now, uh, raising kids or or living a life where a lot of us aren't involved with church or we're not involved in any sort of community activity. Uh, maybe you are, but maybe you don't actually get along or, or um, become friends with a lot of people in your community because you work or you just come home and, you know, you're raising kids. But uh, something like a church or a religion brings people together. But when you have a podcast and you have say a live podcast, say like the mediocre show where they release it every, every Wednesday night or most Wednesday nights, they do it live. Um, and all these people come and listen to it in the chat. And then you can connect with the, the people on social media and you build this community that way. And you start getting to know people. And I think over as time goes on and you start really getting to know people in that community and they become your friends, they become more like family uh, than anything. I think you're seeing uh, our next step in our evolution as a species of kind of what you're going to see in the future uh, where you're going to see more more things like this. You're going to see more communities pop up because of something like podcasting because it's so raw and it's so personal um, you know, it's uncut. It's true pirate radio, in in the true spirit of what pirate radio was meant to be. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to say, like, if you go through my Facebook friends, there'll be more people on my Facebook list that are from overseas or people I've met through podcasting than actual friends I know here in Australia. And I love it. Just, I've got to learn more about the rest of the world and hopefully trying to teach the rest of the world some more about Australia. It's one of our goals here on the Coffin Joe cast is to um, dispel some myths. And Yeah, it's, it's a great community. Love it. It is. Well, I know, Killa, you, you definitely have the best... Uh the best accent ever ever since i heard you way back in the day dude i always was like man that's like if i hear if there was a australian accent like yours is the perfect like you, you how deep your voice is i mean it's it's perfect if you came over here and i know you have a chick but if you came over here a lot of chicks would be would be into that uh that accent well, well i keep kidding as of last week that he's got the second sexist sexiest radio voice uh in podcasting <laughs> who's the first then joel me <laughs> no I, I don't believe that but i like to say it um you know i wanted to say something real quick about what you had been talking about it being raw it's funny because i i tell people on a regular basis if you ask me an honest question i'll answer it and and i don't pull punches i mean you know there's a certain mod, modicum of decency uh that i'll have in in public forums but you know generally speaking if somebody asks me a straightforward question i'll answer it but on a podcast whether it's this one or my own or any other show i've ever been on 
I will be so incredibly brutally honest and there is nothing I will not talk about. Whereas, you know, I'm in decent conversation. I'm not going to talk about my masturbation habits, but on a podcast, it's fair game, you know? Yeah. Let's get in depth. Let's talk about how messy it is and, you know, whatever. It's it's amazing. Uh, I'm glad I don't listen to them most of the time because yeah. I'd probably be a little... That's the same as me. <laughs> I've never been more honest than ever, like, when I'm on a podcast. I just tell everyone everything about myself. Like, there's no barrier for me. Um... These days, I still have to have a little bit of a filter for just personal reasons, but yeah, I'm just completely open and honest. And um, like uh, oh, when someone flew to, but is that what makes the community so conjoined? I mean, is it is it the fact that everybody is just really being who they are versus back in the old Wild West days of the internet, back in '93, '94, when I first started logging on, uh, it was all about being who you weren't. And it was all about being a persona. And nowadays, it seems like with podcasting, it's kind of hard to do that. I mean, you can, I guess, but everybody I know seems to be completely who they are and then some. After a while, I don't think it's possible. Like, it, depending on the type of show you do, if you do one that's kind of prepared and where it doesn't get too personal, um, I, I, I think you can you can play off that persona for a while. But for a lot of people... Uh, you just get into a you you realize it's just a conversation. You're just having a conversation with with another person, and because you don't feel like you're being judged by by other people, because these are a, a lot of these people are just strangers, and it's not like you're going to see them the next day. It's not like you're going to see them at work, and so you're more free with the things that you talk about because you you feel more accepted. You don't feel like you're being judged by people. So I think that's why we can get incredibly honest. And that's also why people are so drawn to it once they start listening, because you hear what people's actual thoughts are instead of a lot of the, this fake bullshit that you you see from uh, people in your various communities. Yeah, like people put a persona up in regular life when you see them face-to-face. They put this persona up or a, you know, a shield and pretend to be something they're not just to be accepted. But with podcasting, we just just open ourselves up and we've got nothing to hide we're willing to let you know who we are and you know like me falling downstairs you know come out and tell <laughs> you me stuff. talking about my mental illness uh, i mean it, it brings up an interesting point though because people talk about how the internet and everything is kind of taking people out of real life and real conversations and one-on-one interaction with people in public but the reality is that i think a lot of us have found that we have that conversation and even better and more in-depth conversations and more real conversations with people over the microphone than we would in, in a, you know, face-to-face public forum, you know, one-on-one conversation. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because I, I love hanging out with people and getting to know them in person, but there's something different about this and the fact that other people listen to it just kind of makes it that much more, I don't know, is that voyeuristic perhaps? <laughs> Probably. Well, that... Probably a little bit, but I mean, aren't, aren't we voyeuristic uh, by nature, don't, like when you drive by somebody's house and you see the lights on, how often do you look in their house? Uh, all the time. Never. Never. Whatever, all the dude. Time. Never. But it's like time. driving. Yeah, no, I don't ever. Driving past a car yeah, crash, yeah. don't you want to look and see what happened? Whether there's yes. a dead body in there or, or maybe that's just me because I make coffins. I just want to see if there's a dead body I can get. <laughs> Yeah, like how, how many people's how many people's Facebook pages or 
pictures. Did you look at their vacation and you, you kind of were watching what people were doing? We we like to see what other other humans are doing. I mean, it's it's in our nature to to wonder and to to put our to try and put ourselves in other other people's shoes. I mean, it's why we create stories. It's why we enjoy movies so much. We we enjoy um, looking at life from other people's perspectives and. And we also like feeling like we're not alone. And so if we can have a conversation about music or movies or, or podcast and, and we can connect on, on where you might like the same stuff that I like, you know, you also might like I get a lo- I get really personal on a lot of my podcasts. I like I, I reveal a lot about personal personal life as you guys have, too. And. I think that I think that people are drawn to that because they don't get that from people at work or maybe they're they're a little standoffish with how how people how people are because maybe they've revealed themselves to people and they've been hurt by people before and so they feel like okay here's I can be voyeuristic I can listen in on these people's lives but I can also participate because we're all on social media um we we want listeners you know, uh, we're, this it's podcasting is a very selfish thing to do. Um, you're, you, it's 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 t- very selfish because none of us are are getting paid to do it, and we're putting hours of our own free time out, and we're just stripping our heart and stripping kind of who we are for for the whole world to hear, and it's archived on the internet. And so I think I think we're all a little voyeuristic in that way, and we all kind of want to get a glimpse of what other people's lives are. I mean, I guarantee that's why we all enjoy movies and stories and music and things like that. Yeah, you bring up archiving on the internet. That's one thing I wanted to bring up with you, Izzy. It's like, you want, you're doing podcasting because you want to, but it's going to be good for, like, you have your son on the show. So you're going to have, yes. you know, I love hearing when you get your son on there. And um, so you're archiving his life from, how old is he? He's he, right now he's 14. 14 when i started he was uh he was 12 and uh yeah he's 14 he'll be 15 in august so you're so, archiving his teenage years so you'll be able to hear him grow up you'll have an archive of how much he's grown especially like when you're a teenager you grow quick you know your your yeah. ideas of life change in matters of years you know well and not only not only am i archiving his life but i'm also giving a chance for generations after after I, I pass on my great grandchildren and and family members for generations are, are going to be able to hear how their uh, how their ancestor lived in a certain time period I mean like how cool would it have been to hear uh, back in the 1800s to hear some of the stories being told it, where you could actually hear their voice, you could hear the passion, you could hear what was going on, uh, current events, like every current events that happen in our lives. A lot of times we, we'll talk about them. So, um, you know, the, I, there were no podcasts when nine eleven happened in in the United States, but now you get a chance to listen back in archives, and you get a you get a chance to remember. Oh, I remember being being around back then. Oh, I I can remember what was going on around then. You know, people are doing Dark Knight review. Like back in the day, we would talk about Dark Knight or you would talk about whatever movies were coming out. 
And to be able to go back and listen to that, wouldn't it have been cool to hear somebody talk about, say, Ghostbusters back in the 80s? Oh, well, a couple of points that you made that I just wanted to, I I guess, agree with um, is the whole archiving thing I've thought about several times. Because as my kids are growing up, I mean, my son basically was pretty new to the world when I started doing this. And now he's, you know, he's eight. It's about to be nine. And my daughter's 11. And, you know, they've been on my show a couple times. And I think about it. There's eight years of my life archived in about, I don't know, like about 600 episodes worth of shows that are out there that are saved on my hard drive and that are out floating around on the Internet that, you know, if you really wanted to see the progression from point A to point B, it's there. Plus all the things that happened in between stuff that I don't even remember. It's like people come back and they'll say, do you remember when you said that one thing on that one show? I'm like, no, I don't remember what I said on that show. That was a long time ago. But it's out there and it's important to some people. And it's funny you talk about, you know, why you do it and, and everything. My mom has asked me on several occasions, well, one of my moms, and she said, you know, do you get paid for that? You know, isn't that a lot of time you're putting into it? But for every hour that I put into it and every dollar that I sink into equipment or whatever, when I get that one email from a listener who either found a band or had some sort of emotional experience that change their life in some way or somebody just saying, you know, your shows help me get through my day. It makes it all worthwhile. I mean, I don't care how many hours it takes out of my day. As long as one person's listening and there's one person that is getting something out of it, whether they tell me or not, then it's worth it to me. And that, that's why, that's why I keep doing it. No, yeah, dude. Yeah. And I think, I think you nailed it. I think, I think us getting the reaction from people who listen, um, you know, because it, it is hard work to get out there and get people to listen, especially nowadays with so many podcasts out there. You know, oftentimes we're the ones scheduling our guests. We're the ones releasing. We're the ones uh, tweeting it. We don't have we don't have anybody else. Um, you know, we don't have any assistants. If you have an assistant and you're you're doing a podcast, you're getting paid uh, pretty well. To, like you have some good sponsors behind you to do that podcast. Most of the independent podcasts, we're all doing this totally on our own. And so I, I think that the amount of time that we put into this, like this is this is a hobby. This is a passion. If you if you, if you do podcasting as much as uh, especially as much as you do it, Joel, and as, as long as I've done it and, and kill as as long as you've done it, there's a passion that you have with it. And so when you have somebody who has a passion and they're not just doing it just because they're manager told him to start up a podcast it would just be a career <laughs> like for us this is this is more about sharing our lives with people and sharing what we're interested in and if if you're also interested in it like like you said Joel somebody uh somebody that you you uh listens to you say man thanks for introducing that band to me you know we as i get older i forget that a lot of the music that i love and a lot of the music that i grew up with is almost 20 years or more old. And so if you get somebody who's uh, um, in their early, late teens or early 20s starting to listen to your podcast uh, from word of mouth or whatnot, they might not have ever heard the bands that you think, oh, everybody's heard that. And so you get a chance to share share that with people. And now that um, a couple of years ago, I did a podcast with a guy, a comedian named Duncan Trussell. And um I would complain about the area that I live in. And uh, as I started to complain about it, he challenged me and he challenged the idea that 
people are like there's legitimate reasons to complain about your area but if you could take and change that area uh for the better and if you could try to make your area a better place um you'll make the world a better place and i i that always stuck with me and because I'm not going anywhere anytime soon in my area, and I enjoy podcasting, and I enjoy music. I started doing the Gym City podcast as a way to promote local artists, but also as a way that I knew nobody else was doing it in this area. Uh, our radio stations don't cover bands, and so for me to be able to get out there and go interview these bands, put the show together, and do it as a hobby, like part of me... And we're also going to start doing live live podcasts soon in our area. And so f- for me, part of it is a selfishness of wanting to get my name out there and wanting to maybe this leads to something down the road. Right. Um, but also a chance to help people um, get their art out and get their music out. And, and uh, the bands that I've been featuring on some of the podcasts, I mean um, – People are digging it and people are getting uh, like these artists from the Dayton area who would have never or wouldn't have been played on the radio possibly around the world. And now through podcasts, they get a chance to uh, be played throughout the world. So you you get a chance to connect with those guys and you also get to connect with other people. And so like you're 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 helping people. And like my podcast is not like I. I, I really try to be as positive as I can with a, with most of my life because I grew up so negative. Um, and so I, I've made a conscious effort to try and be positive. And so I, I try to remember that in all aspects of, of life, and especially when it comes to podcasting and putting out shows, getting a message out there, or letting people know that they're not alone. Like I, I really strive um, to keep that in the back of my mind when I'm producing or putting them out. You're a very passionate man. I am. I am, sir. I am very passionate. Well, that that reminds me of a conversation that I had with with Mike and Matt, who were the two founding members of the Awful Show. Um, the most common question we used to get back then was, "Are you guys getting paid for this?" And I one time I asked him. I said, "You know, is that our goal eventually that we get some money coming back in for the show that we get paid for this on a regular basis?" I mean, I'm. I was thinking at that point, I was like, that would be really cool because I had originally gone to school to be in radio. That was my my intention briefly. And their answer was no. And I was like, well, why not? And they're like, well, then it becomes a job. And that for that to me, that was a turning point ever since. And it's been never been about, you know, can I get a sponsor? Or can I get anything done? It's just as long as I'm enjoying what I'm doing, keep doing it. If I don't like it anymore, then fuck it. Just stop doing it. Yeah, my whole idea for sponsors, like, I love free merch. And if I'm able to connect with, like, somebody who does beard oil or, <laughs> or, or that like, thing? That's right. like, seriously, you're the a bands, bearded man. Aren't you? When, when, when I go when I go interview these bands and like if at the end of it, they're like, hey, man, like I've, I've been given a couple T-shirts by some of these bands and they're really cool T-shirts. And I'm a fan. I'm a fan of T-shirts. So when they give me T-shirts, I'm like. Oh hell yeah! Like that—that's as much payment as I need at this point. Like you know, podcasting podcasting can be a, an expensive hobby. And uh, Joel, I'm sure you've probably gotten some emails from people. I've gotten emails about how to do a podcast. Oh yeah. And I um, I I sent out 
like this detailed message today, this detailed email helping this dude out, giving him Amazon links, showing him everything that I've done, <laughs> like <laughs> like seriously to help him out because I want people I want people to enjoy this and you know there's there's people out there that they might start a podcast, an independent podcast, and it blows up and becomes one of the most popular podcasts. Um, I'm going to be on this podcast called the Mind Movers Podcast where uh, like these guys, this one guy had like 30,000 people, 30,000 followers on Twitter. And they started doing um, like, like they're five episodes deep. And they've already got like 40 reviews on iTunes. And if you go on, on um, Twitter – like a lot of people, if you search the hashtag Mind Movers Podcast, a lot of people are talking about this podcast. And it's a really interesting podcast from a couple guys in their early 20s. And um, and it's like it's they've already got their community built before they even started a podcast. And so you, you're going to see people get into this and then like it, it becomes this thing now where now they're starting a community and and what do they do with this thing because that's another thing that could happen is uh like you could feel like you could get a big ego from a podcast depend on how many people reach out to you and how many people are like uh respond to you like you could you could start doing it for them at that point and, and you do the whole show based on oh what will my listeners think about this when Really, when you when you're doing a podcast, you should really be thinking about it, how you enjoy it, be, um, because once you start, once you start doing it for the fans or the for your listeners, I think that y- you take away some of what uh, makes a podcast the as personal as it is, um, and, and because we're not getting paid, and because we're not like we don't have any bosses or any business people telling us hey don't say that or cut that out like I, I think that's a tricky thing when you start doing it based on what your audience wants you know what i mean yes and i something i was gonna say was uh talking about getting those emails um you know i i've i have sent out those emails before i got the equipment i have now but now I'll send out the same thing. I'll throw the Amazon links in there, et cetera. But I'll tell them it's just as simple as having a Barbie mic and some free software and a laptop and you can do it. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have a lot of high end equipment to make a decent show. I mean, I made a, uh, I, th- up until about a year ago, I was working off of a headset mic and a laptop and that was it. And it sounded fine. You know, maybe it wasn't as good a quality as it is now, but it's possible. And if you're just starting out and you're not sure whether it's going to be a long term thing, then then you know you don't need to buy all the equipment no because it's expensive once you drop a, that much money in at first like once you invest that like four or five hundred dollars and then you you get 10 15 20 episodes in maybe you get five episodes in and you're like damn this is not like this isn't as fun as i thought it was going to be nobody's responding nobody's listening like why did i even get into this and then you start like you start losing, like you start doing it for other people instead of for yourself, you know? Right. Which, I mean, like if your listeners are responding to certain things that you're doing, definitely, definitely that's a, that's a good thing. But I, like I, I always, I've always wanted to do a podcast based on what I enjoy about it. You know, I, like it, it's like if musicians, once, 
once the musicians start playing for what the fans want instead of what they want, they lose some of that passion of why they started making music. So, we've talked a lot about podcasting. I know, right? All right. <laughs> Which is cool. I mean, this is the most in-depth I've gotten into it in quite a while. Um, I don't know, Killa, did you have anything specific uh set up for tonight because i mean i've got random questions as usual but as yeah, usual well, so. let's move it on um i don't want all our listeners to think that's all we ever talk about is podcasting same we do it but, <laughs> but that's the point of the show yeah, is that's the point yes. and, uh, Izzy is a different... very passionate man about his podcast as i know because i listen to his show but i was going to move it on i was going to ask you is, um if i say mardi gras what do you think of new orleans it's... I say Mardi Gras. You said tits? <laughs> like it's, yeah, because I think of, you know, they throw in the beads and they show them their boobs, and that's Mardi Gras. A lot of people drunk in a place I really do not want to be. I've been to New Orleans once. It was one of the most god awful, unforgiving, worst things I've ever done, and I do not ever have to go back. Well, no I offense. Think, I think boobs are probably on my third on, on the list, maybe third or fourth. The first is New Orleans, second is King Cake. And well, uh, third, drunks, and fourth would be boobs. Yeah, fourth would be boobs. Well, when I say Mardi Gras here in Australia, Sydney, it means the gay and lesbian Mardi Gras. And that was on what? last night. Yes. Mardi Gras is a gay and lesbian parade down Oxford Street in Darlinghurst in Sydney. It was originally started as a protest march to um, for gay and lesbians to promote that we are gay we are lesbian you know change the laws and all that sort of shit yeah last night was the gay and lesbian mardi gras here in sydney so that's why i wanted to ask you when i said mardi gras i knew you you would say new orleans yeah down here when you hear mardi gras it means gays and lesbians so (laughs) oh yep they do every year now but it it originally started as a protest march, and um, it's turned into a bit of a festival sort of thing. But yes, they marched down Oxford Street, all flamboyant, and oh, you know. But they actually have. So what's hidden in the king cake there? It's uh, not a baby, I assume. What's in there? No, because the dingo or- ate the baby. That's why you don't have the baby <laughs> in the king cake. Exactly. But yeah, it's it, it's turned into a festival sort of a thing these days. But it originally started, as I said, as a protest march, and now it's like a. Every year, it's like a little party. But yeah, party gras, party gras, Mardi gras. Oh yeah, <laughs> see what I did there. Yes, yeah. So I just wanted to ask you, when you know, that's why I brought up Mardi gras because I knew what you would say. Oh, it's New Orleans Mardi gras. No, come to Australia. No, and I see what hear... a Mardi gras is. What do you want to hear? I, I want to hear more about this beard oil because I can't decide if it's something you put in your beard or it's something you squeeze out of your beard. Oh no, I no, you definitely put it in your beard. It's a what different companies you can search it beard oils, but there's different independent companies. There's one that I like a lot called Dream Beard. Um, my friend James Hicks, he's he's the bearded barber. I had him on a, a, a former Tales from the Hard Side podcast. He's a b- barber here, and he has. He's sponsored by this dream beard, and you, it's this oil you put in your beard, and it's, it's all it smells manly, but it, it brings a shininess to your beard that's uh that's pretty cool. It gives it some full-bodied uh, um, 
stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you guys can search it. They're I, they're not a sponsor of mine. I tried to get them as a sponsor, but the email connection dropped off after a while. So yeah, beard oil is badass, dude. If you guys are growing a beard, definitely get some beard oil. No, well, well, I've had one, but not not like yours. Yours is magnificent. Mine is just you know neat, neat, neatly neatly trimmed. I'm not allowed to grow one. I'm no, why? Because the missus doesn't like it. She likes it when it's like I haven't shaved for a couple of days, but then it gets a little longer. She's like, shave. And I don't look that good with a beard. I look like a terrorist. I was going to ask if it was your face she was talking about, but I've seen your chest, so I know better. <laughs> <laughs> dirty, dirty boy. I'm a dirty, dirty boy. There it is. <laughs> Great. Uh, All right. All right. You got some random questions well, for us, Joe? I've, I've always got something here. I can't see because my mic all of a sudden is in the way. Um, and and this, I, I just was, I try to think of questions that would fit whoever's on the show. And in this case, I don't know if this really fits, but it just came to mind. And so I had to ask because I was out, I was out at the store earlier today. I was looking at video games because um, my kids were wanting to pick something up and we were just out kind of browsing. And the thought came to my head, if you were in a zombie apocalypse, what would be your weapon of choice? Because I saw Left 4 Dead was sitting out there. So I'll ask each of you what you think on that one. Wow. That's, you have so many choices. I know. It's a hard-hitting question. I've listened, so I've listened to the Creepcast before. They reckon your best option is a sword or a knife. Because with a gun, you run out of ammo. Plus, you... You're splattering blood everywhere. You well, same with a sword too, weren't you? But yeah, no, I'd go a sword because it, it doesn't run out of ammo. You can always slice and dice and make some zombie Susie. Yeah, I I think I would go with a sword as well. Um, if you could have a, a gun that never never ran out of bullets, now that would be. <laughs> got it on unlimited or whatever. Yeah, you have you have God God mode on a, on on a gun, maybe some sort of laser gun. There you go. <laughs> a, a lightsaber would ultimately oh, yeah. be well. There you go. What you That's it. Lightsaber. Yeah, I was thinking legitimate, real things that exist. But you're right. I never thought about that. A lightsaber would probably be the ultimate. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the sword. Yeah, sword. But a nice long samurai sword, so you still got your distance. You don't have to get too close. Take the heads off. See, I have to. I'm on the same page with you because I mean, too often these days, in in the mass glut of zombie, and I'm a huge zombie fan, but there's there is a glut these days. Um, it's it's all about the bigger the better or you know the gun or the the shotgun or the chainsaw you know whatever's looks the coolest but the reality is you need something that's going to be functional and that's not going to like i said run out of ammunition so for me rather than a sword because the sword is a little harder for close combat i'm, I'm looking for like an, uh, a heavy duty axe something with a like a steel handle or metal handle versus wood something's got a nice blunt uh, blunt end on one side and sharp on the other yeah. Um, easy to carry, fairly lightweight, effective and close in, you know, distance. And uh, like I said, never runs out of ammunition. So that would be that'd be my weapon of choice, personally. Well, if you want something sharp, I am, because that's my last name, Sharp. 
There you go, Joel. Use me. Now you've revealed too much. I've never hid behind my name just because I call myself Killer Wilbur. Never hid behind the fact that I, my name is Graham Sharp. But as far, far as people know me online, it's Killer Wilbur. So I run with Killer Wilbur. That makes that makes me think of something though. Uh, Izzy, we are well. I've been trying to make it a thing that we eventually teach Killer Wilbur how to do an American accent because he's he can't. I he, can't he just do it. can't do it. Can't do it. And I, and I, <laughs> I throw my Australian out fairly often just because it, it makes me giggle. But do you do any accent? Or can no, you do dude. it? No, no I'm I'm horrible with accents. I I'll do a I'll do a redneck ac- accent because it's so close to to home. A lot of my family grew up in Appalachia. I got. Uh, let me see if I can no, do it. No, no, hey no. y'all, how how y'all doing? No, like uh, like it, especially if I'm around a bunch of rednecks, like I start adopting that that accent. Um, that's probably the the closest I can get. Maybe like a maybe like a um, a white dude who thinks he's black. Maybe maybe I can do that as well. But that's as close as I can get, dude. No. I'm horrible with accents. All right, now I want to hear you try an Australian accent. Come on, just go get a mate. Good day, mate. Yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> All right, that was pretty bad. We'll yeah, try yeah, a, a dingo ate my baby. Want to say it again? A dingo ate my baby. A, a dingo ate my baby. Yeah, I'm horrible, dude. He almost sounds like Forrest Gump. <laughs> See, and and I I think like I'm pretty good at it, chocolate. but the longer I get into an accent, the farther off track it gets and and on 41 and 14 i'm notorious for trying to do impressions of people and they end up sounding like somebody else it's it's horrible uh yeah so and and this this question was specifically designed because i knew you were coming on the show because you and i have the same uh, i mean killer was blessed with a full head of hair although his, his girl won't let him grow a beard you and i have the same follicle life choices where bald head and a beard yeah so I find it that I myself personally, and this would apply to you too, Killa, I only shave once a week. Because if I shave any more than that, and I'm talking about anything and everything, anything that I shave, I only do it once a week. Because if I do it any earlier than that, I tend to get really, really like I like baby soft skin, I guess. So I just wondered how, how often is it for you two blokes, as you would say, Killa? Bloke. Well, I can't shave my face too much because I have um, sensitive skin, so... It gets irritated, but yes. I shave probably every two or three days. At the moment, my head of hair is shaved to, like, very short. So I haven't got my full head of hair, which is good because it's full of grey hairs, so I don't want to see that, being a 40-year-old, you know. Don't want to know I'm getting old. Wait, how old are you, Izzy? I'm 40. Mm. I'll I'll turn 41 in uh, June. I knew you were right there with us, but, I mean, I guess I'm the youngest one on the show tonight. Yes, you are. Yeah, man, no. I'm 41 I feel, in I, August. I feel, I feel old at times, especially with the gray hair, gray hair thing. But I also, uh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a shit either. Although only half of my face is turning gray, it's the weirdest thing. The right side of my face is getting gray; the left side is not. No, yeah, I, I get it. Right, either side of my chin, little patches on my beard. There's gray spots. My hair's going gray, and um, well, that comes from my old man. He reckoned. He, he started turning grey when he was in his 20s and he blamed me. He goes, as soon as you were born, I started turning grey. I'm like, yeah, thanks, Dad. But yeah. There, there, is, there is some truth to that. Once you once you start having kids, you do start getting a little greyer. Yeah, well, he blames me for going grey. And his nickname at baseball was Silver because he's got the full head of, hair of grey. 
Luke Silva. So yeah, their good nicknames were taken. Hmm. Well, my nickname of baseball was Nails. <laughs> Can you work that one out? We know why. Yes. I know why. Because the time from the time you were sixteen, you were a coffin maker. That's right. Hammer another nail in the coffin. Wow. Hold on. For, ever since you were sixteen, you've been a coffin maker. Yep. I left school at sixteen to go do coffins, mate. Wow, I, dude. I worked. I left school in year ten, nineteen eighty nine. When I left school, I started in January of January fifteenth, uh, the year nineteen ninety. I worked ten and a half years making coffins. And then um, left that place and went and did something else for 13 years. But I'm back making coffins right now. I've been working since last which, August. Back in a coffin Which was factory. January 14th here, 1989. Yeah, no, no, no. We're in the future. You're not. <laughs> right. Because we're in the past still. Yeah. But wait, Izzy, you need to answer the question. Because I'm looking at your picture here with your nice, full, luscious beard and your bright blue eyes. And I don't see any gray, nor do I know how often you shave that head, or is it is right. it pretty much uh, gone? Oh well, I'll, I'll let you know on that. Um, I, I do shave every three to four days. Um, if I let it go too much, it gets a, a little tricky to shave with a a razor on, on top because I don't like to use a hair cutting razor on top. I like to use a bic or whatever. Um, and so I, every three to four days, and I only shave my head. I, I stop shaving any part of my face. Um, except for the tops of my beard, which the wife requests because it makes it just looks too homeless. After a, <laughs> you could, if you let the top, you know, the uh, near your eyes, like you start looking a little rough. Um, as far as the gray aspect, when I first started growing my beard, I really noticed a lot of gray, and. My wife is a stickler for, uh, like, she doesn't want to see gray hair quite yet, especially on a, on a big-ass beard like this. And right. so I, I, the, my secret is, dude, I use just for men. Uh, what? For the, fuck yeah, I do. I dude. have to admit, I've uh, been dyeing my hair as well. What? I yep. am so disappointed. I'm not even 40 yet, and I'm like, screw it. Just let it go. I'm a I silver would, fox, man. It makes me... Donna but mine, does grow, mine doesn't grow in cool. It grows in, like, part of over here grows gray. It just doesn't look good, and it looks much better if, if the beard's darker. And so every month or so, I'll, I'll, I'll get a box of just for men, and I'll, for half an hour or so, I'll, I'll color that shit. Yeah, dude. Do if, you uh, do it yourself? I'm going to let it grow eventually, but yeah, my wife doesn't hassle me unless it starts looking gray. So, so I have to, I have to have some sort of balance where, okay, I'm going to, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll die. And dude, I'm, I'm saying it on a podcast, so I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my missus, she's fine with me going gray, but then she's like, well, we'll just dye hair anyway. She likes it. She goes, I've earned those gray hairs, but yeah. I, I've been dying my hair. I dyed it a few weeks back, but then I needed a haircut, so I got her to get the clippers out and shave my head, and she messed it up, so I had to shave like right down to, like, well, I don't know if you've seen any photos of me lately, but yeah, pretty short. Uh, but I, I, I want to know. world is shattered. I really don't know what to say right now. <laughs> I want to know. Everything I believed is false. Just be okay with it. Any be great. okay I'm okay. I'm okay with it. So you should totally be okay. I'm okay. With it. You're okay. We're okay together. Um, yeah. Any gray hairs down below there? 
Oh, dude, um, I don't know, maybe. I, I definitely have them on, on my chest. I, I see some on my chest, but I don't look close enough on on the uh, on the ball region to, to make sure. I don't. I really don't care. Like getting gray doesn't bother me that much. If I like for me, I would probably just let the beard grow out just gray. It doesn't but bother me either. My, but... Because I have to live with my wife, and she's she's okay with the beard. Like just for men is the solution to to our issues, man. But yeah, I'll say in a few years I'll probably let, let it grow gray. I got a friend named Chad Wells who uh, who's in a band called the Jackalopes and the Cricket Bows, and uh, he's got a pretty badass beard that part of it is gray, like it almost looks like he did it on purpose, but you know he didn't. Um, and he's got one of those beards that it looks cool. A section of it looks cool that it's gray. Well, speaking of down below. Who shaves down below? <laughs> wow, we're getting really personal. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think some uh, come well, up just... before about it, but yeah, I'm not allowed to. The... I've oh. been told not to. Interesting. Mm. See, I've got some grays in my chest hair for sure, and I've seen a couple down below here and there, but yeah, I've never been one to really... I mean, I've shaved it all, all off once, and I... Re initially I'm like yeah that's pretty cool but then like the period when it was growing back was just a giant suck <laughs> um, so occasionally I'll trim it just for the hell of it but I um, yeah I, I know <laughs> <laughs> this is such a weird question I, this is something that's never this is a first on my podcast yes well, it's not new for our <laughs> podcast we go into these sort of subjects See, then this is why I'm glad I started recording because stuff like this is it's it's kind of cool to take a you know to have lighthearted. I uh yeah I don't I I uh, I I haven't shaved in a while. Back in like maybe a decade or so ago, I did. I'll I'll take care of stuff. I'll I'll trim stuff up. But for the most part, man, I don't. Like I I've been married. I've been with my wife. We've been together since 1992. So well there. Like I, neither one of us care, so I I don't care, man. She doesn't care. I don't care. Yeah, well, I've been told not to. I wouldn't mind trimming <laughs> a little bit down there because it gets a bit. Fairer. It's itchy, dude. If you shave it, it's I've it's done it. Itchy. I've shaved it and it, I've regretted it afterwards. But no. But it's right. We'll get personally. It's around my ass. I need to shave. The ass hairs. <laughs> that's what really gets oh me. My Whoa! Things just got super personal. Yeah, well, that's what this podcast is about. Yeah, I'm just, down under. Do you shave it yourself, or do, does she shave it? No, I do. Well, she wouldn't dare do it. I've asked her. She goes, "No way, I'm not going near that." <laughs> I, I have this horrible <laughs> visual image in my head, and maybe it's one too many trauma movies. But I have this horrible visual image in my head of trying to shave your ass, and somehow the razor goes cockeyed or something you cut uh, something open a little fecal matters down there next thing you know oh, what, she things get really catches bad. one of my hemorrhoids and i'm bleeding wait what <laughs> we're not no <laughs> we're not talking about that oh you just added a whole nother level to oh, it that i, I wasn't even thinking one. about <laughs> my voice has gone up like two octaves good lord come on Do you remember you... when the one dude uh Oh, what was his name? The dude on the mediocre show cut the hemorrhoid off with a with oh, a uh, 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 fuck. What was his name? Uh, I don't know, but uh, that, you've you've said enough. That I was cringing <laughs> when I heard that. That don't want to hear that anymore. 
Uh, I want to know who it was, but I, I missed that one, apparently. Yeah, it was way back in the day. Oh, fuck, wasn't it? Uh, it was the trucker dude. Not Harry Trucker, but... Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I can't remember. Oh, either. what was his name? Damn it! It doesn't matter. We don't need to go any further. If you know, send an email to coffinjoecast at gmail.com. I'll remember as soon as we get off here, but... Right. Uh, but you well, guys... I, I, I got a question for you guys. Yeah. All right. Question away. I, you know, we all enjoy movies. What what movies from what movie from the seventies or eighties needs a reboot? Oh, yeah. That's a loaded question for some people. For me, that's I, I'm I'm all about. I'm, I've got no problems. I'm a staunch supporter of remakes, reboots, reimaginings. So I got to think about it for a second. But that's a good question. Well, I I got I got three. What what about you, Kill? I got three written down that. That I know people are going to get pissed if I say these, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Like, now that Harold, Harold Ramis has died, I was hoping for the Ghostbusters 3 to come out, but maybe a Ghostbusters reboot. Maybe not. I think they won't do it as good as what the original was. Um, I was never big into movies when I was younger. I've gotten into movies. Well, but like, you've seen movies, though, from then, right? Yeah, but I can't think of any of like, I hate the reboots, but no. Nah, well, Ghostbusters is my only answer, but just to get the better special effects in it. But I don't think the storyline will go well. I think they'd just screw the whole movie up. Yeah, but you still have the you still have the other movie that you could watch. Yeah, well, that was one of the first movies I ever saw in the cinemas with my dad and my brother. That and Return of the Jedi, the first two movies nice. I can remember walking to. Um, Roseland's cinema that doesn't exist anymore. But yeah. That's all I can think of from my childhood. Um I don't know, maybe Goonies maybe? I don't know. I don't know if they could do that. Wow, you might get some hate mail for that one. See, yeah, see Goonies Goonies for me is um is almost untouchable. Untouchable. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You can't can't redo that. That just won't work. Um, well, I, I I have three. Uh, Jaws, I think I think Jaws was uh, Jaws was great, but I think I think it would benefit from the special effects of today, especially after seeing the Godzilla trailer. And um, I reckon they should just make it here in Australia, seeing we've got all these sharks here. Yeah, I can redo I, Jaws I'll go for as that. an Australian version. Yeah, shit, yeah, we've had a few people taken by sharks down here recently. So, yeah. Plus, it's be- it's beautiful where you guys are at. Yeah, I, I would totally be down with a Australian version of uh, Jaws. And they can mix in some drop bears with it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, I think Ghostbusters. Um, I think Seth Rogen, like the people that were part of This Is the End. I yeah. think I think that whole crew of of actors. I think would do a great job and they would respect it. They would respect that franchise. Um, I think they would do a great job at, at Ghostbusters. And at some point it's going to be rebooted. Um, and another one is back to the future. Eventually somebody's going to reboot that thing. Yeah, I know that they're planning to do it, but that's one of those movies where I'm like, no, please don't leave it. What it was, let it be, but yeah, it's, it's going to happen. There was a rumor that just uh, what's his name fucking Justin Bieber was going to play the fucking main part in a Back to the Future reboot. 
my stage Aww. I heard like last year. I'm like, well, definitely I won't be watching that. Right. But, yeah, no, I, I don't want to see anything that has Justin Bieber in it at this no, point. because Justin Bieber, who fucking needs you. You know, you want to know why? Because you're a little cunt. Now, now, on the other hand, anything that has Justin Timberlake lately, I, yeah. I've actually enjoyed. I agree. I'm a fan. Yep. Yeah. The, JT. That dude is talented. Yes. He's good. And he's handsome. And he's and handsome. Yes. My, my, like, that's the one dude my, my wife is into. She's into Justin Timberlake. And when you look at his, his career and you look at his acting career, I, some of the movies haven't been the greatest, but I haven't hated him in them. And um, he actually does pretty good music. Mm. Okay. I concur. So, did you have another one, or are you still... Yeah. Oh, uh, who, me? So, uh, yeah, because I'm still working you. up a... No, I'm trying to no. get at least a couple here. No, I, I mean, there, there's there's a few that if I if I really pondered on it, there's a few that could could totally... Uh, well, they, they did Superman. There, there's quite a few that they could put out again, like Road Warrior. Road Warrior would be... Well, that's film. happening. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of them that would benefit from from getting a reboot. I, did you see the Amazing Spider-Man Two trailer? No, yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, when I see when I've seen that trailer, man, I see just how beautiful it looks, how bright it is, and how just how cool it looks on the on the trailer. And <laughs> I I enjoyed um, the first movie, and that's another reboot that they uh, they came out with that people thought it was too soon. I I enjoyed it, but they're, uh, but, they're only rebooting these things so they can keep hold of the property. Absolutely, and I, I hope I, I hope that Marvel gets it back and they can all be in the same universe. It's not going to happen. Um, There's too much dollars involved in it. So, yeah. I mean, you, you'll never see Spider-Man in the Avengers because um, I forget which studio owns Spider-Man and which one owns Avengers, but you're never going to see that Spider-Man comes into the Marvel Universe on the Avengers because... Well. Maybe not for a while, another 10, 20 years maybe. No, but they'll keep rebooting the stuff so they can hold on to it. How frustrating must that be for the person that made that decision? Mm. Yes, let's sell the rights to Spider-Man. They were happy at the time when they got the money. Yeah, true. Well, but I've got a reboot for you. Um, Crocodile okay. Dundee. <laughs> With no, you? Yeah, that's With what I'm saying. I'm gonna, oh. That's not a Wait, knife. He's a New Zealander. Now that's a knife. I, I'd watch it with you. Um, you know, the, the funny thing about Amazing Spider-Man is, and I, I think it gets missed, and then my perspective is, uh, number one is that uh, people who don't read comics don't realize that there's, you know, there's the Amazing Spider-Man, there's the Spectacular Spider-Man, there's, you know, there's various books that are either out consecutively right now or that have been out over the years that have told the story different ways. And so it's not like it's, unusual to have it retold yeah um and for me i was such a fan of the original two raimi movies i was like how are they going to come back and do it so quickly and i was kind of at that point wasn't at the same position i am on reboots that i am now or re remakes whatever you want to call them and when i saw the amazing spider-man i was i i fell in love instantly i, I thought it was fantastic and i'm still not sold on the new one there's parts of it i really like but the direction they went with Electro and the Rhino, I'm kind of you know, a little, a little questioning. But um, 
One of the movies I'd like to see, Izzy, since you asked, um, is Soylent Green. Soylent Green would be good. I think right now, with this day and age and with things that are going on in the world and with the talent pool we've got, we could make an interesting story out of that and make a new twist on it. It's like RoboCop was such a send-up at the time that it was out that people didn't catch on to that. They just saw it as a big, gory, uh, futuristic action movie. There's a lot more subtext. They've taken that out of the new one, apparently, which yeah. I'm still kind of anxious to see because I really love the original. But I think Soylent Green could be, if it's done right, you know, like if Zack Snyder took it on, you know, there could be a lot going on there um, that, you know, would tie in nicely with what what it was going on with back in the 70s. And that's, and that's I'd, be, I'd be down for Soylent Green. And it's one of those movies that not enough people have seen that and they know the, you know, the main line with it, but enough people have seen it that they may not even realize it when they see it. It's it's all new to them. Um, another one that I that is going to really be kind of obscure, but I'd like to see them redo the burning. Have You ever seen that one? No, I don't. I don't even know what that is. You, you asked for 70s and 80s. So I, I went 80s on that one. It's a uh, early 80s um, after the success of Friday the 13th. There was a whole bunch of camp killer camp movies. Yeah. And this one uh, actually has uh, Jason Alexander in it, and oh, who's the other guy? Who's the other? Uh, I think Julie Louis Dreyfus. Two, there's at least two Seinfeld people in it, and it's a little kind of it's not quite independent, but it's it's a pretty small budget knockoff of Friday the Thirteenth. But if you ever see it, it's so well done and it's so cool that it's one of those cult movies that if you're into horror flicks. Uh, you've seen if you're into slasher movies and it would it would really I think it was another one kind of like My Bloody Valentine where it would translate pretty well to uh, modern day which made me think of another one actually called uh, Madman and starred Galen Ross from the Dawn of the Dead from 78 um, another one that was kind of a, a send up of the Friday the 13th movies where they were trying to cash in on that that could uh, could stand for a pretty cool remake what about They Live <laughs> See, and I, I'm all for those types, types of things, and I'd probably go watch it. But initially, my initial gut reaction is to go, oh, don't mess with perfection. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel you, man. Yeah, there, you know, and, and that's to not touch, say, a masterpiece. Uh, when, you, when you heard uh, Puff Daddy release uh, the Led Zeppelin song for the Godzilla soundtrack, and, and you're like, why did you even have to mess with that? You know, no, 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 that's not a remake. But it's it's definitely pretty much took the whole song and uh, just put his dumbass lyrics over over a great uh, riff and a great song. And I think that uh, sometimes that can go horribly wrong, but sometimes it can be, sometimes it can be OK. Um, I think uh, probably Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Do you remember that one? Oh, see, once again, my initial gut reaction just is to go, don't don't mess with perfection. But. Yeah, of course. No, that that's that's a classic. I mean, and that really gave Michael Rooker his his career along with Tom Towles. Mm, there's so there's so many, dude. There's so many good movies out there that came out then that you look at the technology and you look at just uh, the special effects at the time. That and a lot of the special effects were were practical. Um, but there's a lot of it that could really use uh, an updated reboot from, um, you know, from the current generation of uh, special effects we have. I mean, some of the movies that they're putting out now, 
look great, dude. I watched Gravity. That looked damn good, dude. I still haven't seen that. It's on my radar, but I have not no, seen it yet. Gravity's so good. good. I, mm. watched, I actually watched Wolf of Wall Street yesterday. What'd you think? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Was a bit. Wait, long. what was it? Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, sorry, I couldn't understand you at first. I thought you said something else. Uh, dingo of um, <laughs> Sydney Street. <laughs> That's not a real thing. There is dingoes and kangaroos well, and koalas, but not on. They're all here in our street, <laughs> you know. Australia Street. Uh, do you do you think he do you think he deserves the best actor for this past year? Nope. Not good enough. Really? Whoa. He, he's a good actor, but no. Yeah, I, I I think uh yeah I really I really loved Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, it, I enjoyed the um, movie. It just yeah, he should have got a Best Actor award beforehand for other fucking roles, not just oh definitely definitely not this one. Um, a, a movie I'd love to see uh, remade is Cloak and Dagger. Wow, yeah man, little Dabney Cole in action. Yeah, buddy. I, I remember seeing that when I was a kid and think it was the coolest thing ever. Yep. Back when I saw it. And speaking of movies from that exact same era, did you know that did you did you know or did you ever see the sequel to War Games? The sequel to War Games? There's a sequel. It came out about five or six years ago. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> no. I, I'm I not even kidding. Uh, and that's just it. War Games was a great movie for the time. And nowadays it's so outdated. And when you watch it, it's kind of laughable. But seriously, they made a sequel to it. And uh, I don't recommend it. But mm. it's out there. Mm. I'd almost rather see a reboot than a sequel. And that seems to be the thing nowadays. You're starting to make sequels to movies that are from 10, 20 years ago. And there's kind of seems like there should be a cap on it. You know, unless it's a, a big franchise that you know, was a, a huge deal, then they, they shouldn't be making a sequel. It's almost, I think, more cost-effective to just start it over and then make your sequel. Yeah, and, and I have issues. Like, I would ultimately like to see them make original content instead of doing a lot of a lot of remakes. But, I mean, back, back in the day, they did remakes of um, The Fly, and they did uh, remakes from previous generations that, like... It helps to have updated versions of it with with the technology that we have, um, but I, I some some of the remakes that they've come out with lately have been just horrible. Well, here's my thoughts on it, and if you've listened to any of my other shows, you've heard this before. But um, and and I part of this is new, which is the fact that um, you know if it's a good story, then it deserves to be retold. Yeah, and that that's a new thought that I had just based on what you said, but. Uh, what I what I kind of steal from Gus Van Zant because when the original uh, remake of uh, I'm sorry when the remake of the original Psycho came out, I was in a really really bad spot with remakes. I that was the first one I'd ever really heard of of a movie that I knew and I loved and I still love. I still think it's one of my favorites of of all time, the original Psycho. And when I heard they was doing a shot for shot remake, I just was so angry. I was like, what's the point? Why would you do that? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, I love William H Macy. I love you know. Everything about it, I like Vince Vaughn. I'm I'm looking forward to them, but not the movie itself. And when I saw it, I was just sorely disappointed. But then I heard an interview with him, and I and everything in my opinion on that changed. And what he said, and I, I paraphrase it anymore because I don't remember exactly what he said because that was back in like '92, '93. I don't know maybe not maybe later than that, '95, '96. Anyway, is that 
there's no reason that we should get upset about remakes because it's no different than a piece of music. Because if somebody writes a song and it's remade, nobody says anything about it. You know, how many times have one of Beethoven's symphonies been redone by a different orchestra over the years? And it's continuing to happen every year. Somebody does it and they do it a little bit differently. They make it their own. And it's a constant. And with music, it's an accepted thing. But with movies, it's like you're you're breaking some sort of horrible taboo and everybody throws a big shit fit and it's a problem. And to me, it's like, well, if it's a great piece of music, if it's something that's worth telling, it's a good story, then why not? I mean, what's the harm in that? And if you have a slightly different take on it, you're not just copying it word for word, then it's your own. It's something new. And if the next generation gets into Spider-Man as much as we did because of the 70s show we grew up on or the, you know, the Sam Raimi movies or whatever, then great. More power to them. Have you seen? Have you heard uh, the Flaming Lips redo Dark Side of the Moon? No, I have not, but I'd like to. I love the Flaming Lips. Fantastic. A very underrated band that uh, the tale, uh, Transmissions from the Satellite Heart is in my top probably 25 albums of all time. Yeah, I, I, I dig that one. Uh, another movie that I, uh, from that era, uh, The Dead Zone. I think the Dead Zone uh, needs a needs a remake and Inner Space. But what about the TV show that they had with Anthony Michael Hall? Uh, see, I didn't watch that. Oh, see, that was a big deal when it was out. Got a lot of good, re- a lot of good press. Restarted his career to some extent. Well, then it's uh, what about Inner Space then? Uh, I'd have to ride the fence on that one. I like Dennis Quaid. I like Martin Short. Isn't that right? That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But there's something to be said. And again, this may sound me opposite of what I just said, but comedies to me are a little bit different ballgame. Not to say that they can't be done and they can't be just as good, but it's not as common. It's science fiction, horror, and I guess dramas that kind of get the real reboot treatment. Yep. I can't think of too many comedies that have really done that. So I'd have to see it done. Because um, that's like saying, you know, well, let's remake. I'm trying to think. What's, what's a classic comedy from that period. Uh, let's remake Spaceballs or let's remake National oh, the, Lampoons. Yeah. Uh, the, the, it, it, which is happening. Uh, what? It's happening. Yeah. Um, Ed Helms. Really? That's the word that they, I don't know if it's actually been officially like green lit, but that's, that's what they're working towards is Ed Helms rebooting uh, vacation. Um, I was going to say the three amigos is another one that I, I'm sure people would have a complete, up in arms about it because but comedies they haven't yet tapped that and i'm not sure why and i think i think it'd be okay too i think somebody like ed helms doing the vacation movies i I would totally watch that i i I think i would too i mean i'm a fan of his yeah yeah and that franchise the vacation franchise you know i know chevy chase is such a huge part of that but let um have him be like the grandfather and have Ed Helms be uh what what's the what's the kid's name what, what was the, Rusty yeah have him be Rusty. <laughs> well, speaking of vacation, do you, you did see that they made Christmas Vacation too? Oh yes, I did. Collecting uh, oh, Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. With, I didn't um, actually watch it though. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it, but I, I'm like, how can you make a sequel to the third part in a series? It it kind of made me kind of stop and try and figure out the logic. But uh, anyway, we're going to have to, I think, wrap it up because we're getting close on time here where we need to get back to our lives. 
Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, this is uh this has been so much fun, man. I know we talked a lot about podcasting early on, but yeah, if you guys ever if you guys ever need a guest or or anything, I love to talk about pop culture or just bullshit in general. And you guys are you guys are pretty rad to talk to. Well, you're on our bench. You're on our third co-host bench, as many people are. But we've got a few to go through so far, so you'll be back around on the the roster. You'll, I appreciate it. You'll be back. Well, like I said, we've got at least 36 to 40 people lined up already that we're going to ask. And we've still got a whole month's worth of people scheduled. Speaking of which, next week uh, for March 8th show, uh, Big Steven from Double XP is going to be on. Voila. Nice. Video games. Video games. Yeah. We'll see what he gets to talk about. It'll be video game show. <laughs> <laughs> And who follows Big Steven? Uh, after Big Steven, we've got, let's see, uh, Sheena is tentatively scheduled, depending on her schedule. Um, if not, we may have to tap somebody else. And then after Sheena, and everybody who's in the podcasting community uh, from Awful Show Days up knows who Sheena is, even though she doesn't do a show. She's a, been a guest on frequently. Um, we're going to be having the mic on. That's what I can't yeah. wait for. Thought I couldn't get a word in today. Wait till the mic comes on. I won't be able to get a freaking single word in. <laughs> True that. Yeah, he's a he's a legend. Uh, he is a legend. I consider him a mate and uh, one of the legends in the podcasting community. So that will be an interesting show when we get the mic on. So anyway, if you would be so kindly to go to iTunes, review us, subscribe and review us, the Coffin Joe cast. Contact us through our email site, which is coffinjoecast at gmail.com. Still working on a voicemail. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> oh, yeah. I keep forgetting about that part. Don't. Most of the people who listen have the opportunity to record something on their computer and just email the voicemail to us. Maybe right, you can right. do that for us. Um, thank you to Jackie for the intro. And she's on the list to be a guest co-host soon. That will oh, be nice. an interesting show. Um, yes, thank you, Izzy, for joining us. Um, definitely you'll be coming back aboard one day soon when... Hey, just keep... Keep your book open for us. If we lose a guest, we'll just get you aboard next. Dude, um, I, I'd love to. And uh, and since this is uh, this this is tales, you guys can go uh, check out Tales from the Hard Side podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, uh, Mediocre Radio Network, and Inspired Disorder Collective. And uh, I also do another podcast with my one of my best friend Scott Epic. It's uh, called On the Block. And I'm producing a podcast called Gem City Podcast. You guys want to go check it out? See some local music from my area that I'm producing? Go check it out. And uh, you can follow me pretty much everywhere on social media at The Izzy Rock. That's it. The Izzy Rock. Check him out. He's a great dude. All right. Seeing I'm on another computer, I don't have my music in the iTunes, but... My missus has some Australian artists in here, and I think I'm going to give you some um, Jimmy Barnes <laughs> to finish out the show with. That, that, don't laugh at me. It's not my fault. My computer <laughs> fucked up. I can't help it. I, 
I'm just thinking about what you had that started to play after the intro. Thank you, Breaky Heart, know. Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, I can see He's it. He's an Australian. Sitting, Wait, it's no. It's sitting in the, the list, yeah. Not my fault. I had to do what I had to do to get the show done. Come on. Oh, I forgot to mention. Um, check out uh, my other two shows, uh, The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour. Last week we did an 80s-themed show. Well, I did. It's just me. An 80s-themed show. This week I'm busting out the 90s. And uh, last week on 40 Going on 14, that should be dropping tomorrow, I believe, we did a show on uh, Total Recall, the original and the remake. So check those out. You can find those on iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Blueberry, and other fine podcasting directories. Get to Mars. Get, no, sorry. Get, get your eyes to What are you Mars. playing? No, I don't know. I'm looking through my Get Mrs.'s freaking music selection. Most of it was sucks. that your Arnold impression? Yeah. Get your ass to Mars, dude. Australia has some pretty badass artists come from uh, come from there. Uh, isn't Wolf Mother from? Uh, yeah, Wolf Australia? Mother. Oh shit, yeah, great band. And, and ACDC. ACDC. Like, the Living End. Cultures. Like, this is the plan. I play Aussie music at the end of the show. I've played the Angels, whatever, Friends of Rome. There's plenty of bands. Unfortunately, what about 30-odd foot of grunts? Fuck that bullshit. Ah, <laughs> uh, Russell Crowe. This is what's fucking right now, because son. I'm not on my computer with all my music. I have to look through my missus's music. I've got John Farnham, which, yeah, he's all right, but got some Jimmy Barnes well, here. Can't, can't you just say, well, I'm going to play this and then port it over from your yeah, computer later? yeah, yeah. I'll play this. Whatever's going to be played is going to be played. I'll decide later. <laughs> right. This has been the Coffin Joke cast. And uh, thank you very much, Izzy, joining us. Um, I appreciate it. We'll get you back again, definitely. Um, yeah, buddy. From me to you to everybody, this is Killua saying this is the next song coming playing. I don't know. I'm sick of this bullshit. Can we get, get get one of these shows to work right one week, please? This is fucked. All right. No, I've got one. Jimmy Barnes, lay down your guns. Here we go. This is on my missus's computer. Let's play this. All right. Good night, everybody. Or good day, as I would say. Mate. Mate.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.